we, we just want to welcome you all this morning again, and it's good to just welcome one and all to our service. We are excited about what God is going to say to us today, the way in which he's going to speak to us. We are also excited just to be together to worship the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords. And we are so thrilled that everybody came this morning to come and worship here with us. May you be blessed and may you be encouraged. Now we've been busy with a series. We didn't do it last week. It was Mother's Day. But this week we're continuing with our series in Genesis. It's still in the book of the first chapter, in fact, of Genesis. And I thought that I could move away from the third day today and just complete all the days, but the third day is so interesting. And i am discovered so many great things there. And so we're going to just focus on the third day today. As we read together, we're going to read together from verses 10 and just a few verses there. Let's read together. Now I've got to lift my... You know, it's those, uh, that time of the year where you, you see much better without your glasses sometimes when you read, eh? And let's read verse 10 there. God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters. And after he gathered the waters, he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants, bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God said, it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. So far, we got blessed the reading of his precious word. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your awesomeness. Thank you for being such a majestic deliverer, creator. Helper, restorer. Thank you for being available to us 24-7. Thank you for loving us the way you love us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you never distance yourself from us. You are always ready to step in at any moment and turn things around in our lives. We bow before you and we are so grateful to you, Father, for what you have accomplished in our lives thus far and what you still have planned for us in terms of our future. And Lord, thank you that you have a destiny filled with great things for each one of us. And this morning, Lord, we bow and honor you and we exalt you for who you are. Bless the word this morning, Lord. Speak to us, challenge us. And Lord, allow us once again to experience your greatness 
as your word comes to us. Continue with us now further. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. God alone can create out of nothing. You, are you in agreement with that? The technical term is ex nihilo, out of nothing. God alone can create out of nothing. Ex nihilo, you could say, hey? In the Bible, the word create is never used with any reference to materials used or utilized. We are never told that God created with such and such materials. No, we, never, we are never told that. It is as if materials were irrelevant to God when he began to create. It, they were just irrelevant. When man creates, he is always restricted by the materials available to him. Isn't it true? Be it stone, be it bronze, be it painting, or even words, we are all restricted as human beings. You see, man is not the creator. Man is a maker. Man cannot create out of nothing. But God can. But when I think of God this morning, when God began creation, God was completely uninhibited. You probably see it on the notes there. Uninhibited. Creating with total freedom and spontaneity and giving perfect expression to his ideas and what he really wanted to do. Someone has said that God stepped from behind the curtain of nowhere and stood on the platform of nothing and spoke the universe into existence. Now that is the God we serve. He stepped into the midst of nothingness and he created something remarkable, something extraordinary. <clears throat> but you know, I came across something while preparing the sermon. I came across something called the inflation theory. I don't know if you've heard this, but you'll hear that about it this morning. It's called the inflation theory. It was first propounded in 1979 by a, a physicist, a particle physicist at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. His name is Alan, and his surname is either Guth or Guth, G-U-T-H, you know. But when I saw the name, I thought, well, let's, let's read about Alan a little bit because I, maybe I can learn from another, something from another Alan. But he said, a fraction of a moment after the dawn of creation, the universe underwent a sudden dramatic expansion. It inflated, ran away with itself, doubling in size every 10 to the power of minus 34 seconds. That's scientific thinking, you see. The whole episode may have lasted no more than 10 to the power of minus 30 seconds. But that's, and if I think of that, that's one million, 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 millionth of a second. 
get something expanded in that way. But that's what scientists are saying. I want to say this to you. The universe never ran away with itself. There was someone greater than it, controlling it. There was someone greater than it, in charge of it. There was someone greater than it, holding it together, putting all things together. And that is our great God, our almighty King of kings. He's always involved in putting things together for all of us. After God first made the heavens and the earth, the world was completely lacking and it had dry land. It was covered in a black ocean, uninhabited and empty, but the Spirit of God surrounded the, the whole earth, moving dynamically over the face of the dark chaos. And Psalm 33 verse 9 says, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. On the second day of creation, we already heard that God established the atmosphere, and the waters below it were soon to become the oceans of the world. Thank God for atmosphere. I don't know if you, if you appreciate the atmosphere here this morning, but we thank God for atmosphere. It is an indispensable part of creation. It keeps every creature from freezing. We heard that the last time. That's why I'm not going to go back to that again. Without it, the earth would be a sterile ball of ice. But when you bring God into the picture, everything changes. And that's the beauty of who our God is. You bring him into the picture. You bring him into the equation. And everything changes. When we bring God into the, the equation, let's start with the first point here this morning. He turns nothing into something remarkable through, firstly, the creation of the waters, the seas, the lakes, and the rivers. Verse 10. Bible says, he gathers the waters. And we called people, Brother Timothy just called people here to, to this morning, come and gather right here in the auditorium, if you could call it that this morning. He called, but I mean the Lord. He looked at all the waters and he gathered it together. Imagine the power and force to do this. Now let me give you some statistics here. There are 1.3 billion cubic kilometers of water on earth. Did you hear that? 1.3 billion cubic kilometers of water on earth. 97% of all the water on earth is in the seas. The greater part of it is in the Pacific Ocean, which is the largest. It's bigger than all the land masses put together. It's bigger than all the continents put together. Of the 3% of Earth's water that is fresh, most exist as ice sheets this morning. Only the tiniest amount, 0.036%, is found in lakes, rivers, 
and reservoirs. Are you still with me? What power? That's the, this is the question that we need to answer here this morning. What power or force could strike the earth and completely reshape its surface? Eh? I want to repeat that. What power or force could strike the earth and completely reshape its surface? Now that word for reshape in Hebrew means to refashion it, but more than that, to cut it down, to cut it up, to cut through it. It's not, it's not even there to bring about something that you've never seen before, to clear something, to treat it, to prime it, if you could put it in those words, to prepare it, and then eventually to produce New conditions, new circumstances, a new environment, and a new way of life for mankind. Only one could do that. Only our awesome God, awesome God could do that. You see, the waters, seas, lakes, and rivers, and the dry land did not just happen by chance. God looked at everything and he said, I've got to do something about this empty earth, this empty ball before me. So now here we get to the waters and uh, we're going to I'm going to mention a few things. Probably you'll see it on, in some of the notes there. The term seven seas has been used to refer to seven of the largest bodies of water in the world. But when God looked at this ball and he saw that we needed more than that, he looked at it and then, the, then God began to speak. And the power of his voice brought about certain things. And this is what it brought about. The power of his voice brought about the Pacific Ocean. He said, Pacific Ocean? And there. Fill the earth. And then this Pacific Ocean filled the earth. And then the Lord looked up and he said, but that's not enough. Then he said, Atlantic Ocean, you come forth as well. I'm not satisfied yet. And then the Lord looked up and he said, man, it's a bit cold in the Atlantic. It's a bit cold in the Pacific. Let's add a little bit of spice here. Let's bring the balmy Indian Ocean and add it to, the, uh, to, to, to all of this. That's what God did. I want you to picture what God did. He was excited. And he said, Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, balmy Indian Ocean. And then, then he looked further and said, Arctic Ocean. The Mediterranean Sea, the Caribbean Sea, the Gulf of Mexico. He said, he didn't even say there, he just said Gulf of Mexico, Mediterranean Sea, Arctic Ocean. Come forth, appear, make your appearance. The power of his voice. And you know the amazing thing about his voice, his voice is not a voice that thunders at all times. It's a still small voice. But when, when the, these... Elements heard the voice of God. They responded in unison. 
in unison. Sounds impossible, eh? But that's what happened when creation took place. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 5 verse 22, I made the sand a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. I want to say this to you and I. The mighty ocean is taught its limits. God gives the mighty ocean limits. And the mighty ocean obeys God. But, listen to this. Humanity indulges in all sorts of corruption. They constantly overstep the moral boundaries which God has set. Yet, listen to this, the Lord in his grace and mercy is able to uproot the root cause of any chronic failures in my life, in your life, in our lives. He's able to uproot it. In his grace, he's able to uproot whatever needs to be uprooted in your life. And my life, whether it's a chronic failure, maybe you feel like a failure here this morning. Maybe you feel that you haven't made it. But this morning the Lord says, bring me your chronic failures. Bring me your brokenness. Bring me your shattered life. Give it all to me. I can put it all together for you. He's able to wash me. And cleanse me from past wounds and scars. He is able to bring light into all the dark rooms in my soul this morning. Because he is God. And he's available to us here this morning. So no matter what has been happening. But let's, the, the interesting thing that I want to mention here is, we've got to mention this because while, while preparing this, I... I, I've discovered it before, but I read, but I just want to mention Mariana Strange. What's Mariana? Where is she Oh, my good Alright. Mariana Strange. I don't know if you know this. Mariana Strange is supposedly the deepest spot in the ocean. I don't know if you're know, aware of this. It's supposedly the deepest spot in the ocean. Its depth is difficult to measure. Someone one asked, once asked the question, how long will it take a pebble to sink to the bottom of the deepest spot in the ocean? That's in the Pacific Ocean. Eh? <laughs> and then scientists tried that. They went and they... They dropped a pebble right there in the, at that spot. And well, the answer came back, but you can do research. It's made probably different now. But it said, the answer came back that it takes about eight hours for a pebble to sink to the bottom. 
But I want to say this to you this morning when we think of Mariana's Trench, the deepest spot in the ocean. No matter how deep you have sunk, God is able to reach you. No matter where you are, no matter, no matter what hole you find yourself in, no matter what trench you find yourself in, no matter how hopeless your situation may seem, God is able to reach you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. He's able to reach you. He's able to touch your life and rearrange your life. He's able to transform whatever needs to be transformed. But let's go to the second point. Whoa, are you still with me? I hope I haven't been too long there. But, you know, when we bring God into the picture, he turns nothing into something through the creation of dry land, continents, and islands. Still verse 10. The dry land could now appear, separated from the seas. This is an act of divine action of such magnitude, brothers and sisters, that our minds cannot begin to grasp it. Not my mind. My finite mind cannot begin to grasp it. We are being told that on this day, God made land masses the size of continents. Did you hear that? He made land masses. Let's start with the continents. The size of the continent of Africa. He made land masses the size of the continent of Asia. And you must remember when Asia is included. What is included in Asia? It's China, India, and Japan. Then perhaps in that order, we do not know. God turned to creating Europe and to North America. South America and Australia and the islands of the seas, the Arctic and the Antarctic. He, he just spoke it into existence. He just spoke nonchalantly. He just spoke it into existence. Can you imagine continents? He just, it's like the Lord again just said, continent of Africa. Won't you come forth? Like he said to Lazarus, come forth. And the continents of Africa came forth. Asia came forth. North, South America came forth. Australia, the islands just came forth. What energy could possibly cause all the continents with their massive and towering mountains to thrust up out of the waters. Maybe you should answer that. I believe that there is no one but our rock, our fortress, our high tower, our deliverer who caused this. Certainly on this third day of creation, God made areas of land the size of our continents today. Moses slips in this, these words at the, at the end of, of verse 11 there. And it was so. You can see it there. He just slips it in. And it was so. It was completed. Your Lord and Savior, the Son of God, is as powerful as this. That he could create in a day all the land masses, continents, and islands 
of the earth. This is the one who laid down his own life on Calvary for the masses of people, cultures, clans, tribes, continents, and islands of the world. Because it refers from the Old Testament right into the New Testament and how Jesus died and gave his all to us. But now you ask why, yourself, now what about the different mountain ranges? Hey, Alan, you haven't spoken about that. What about that? And what about other? I haven't even spoken about lakes. We can't go there. I haven't got time to do all of that. I wish we had. But let's think about the different mountain ranges here. The, in the Himalayas, the highest peak is Mount Everest. Mount Everest is in Asia. Let's start there. And the Lord said, Mount Everest in Asia. I want you to become the highest mountain. <laughs> and it happened, eh? I'm just speaking now the way, probably the way the Lord wouldn't even say it in that way. But Mount Everest is in Asia. The Andes in, Andes in South America. The Alps in Europe. The Rockies in North America. And then we come to Africa. Well, we also have amazing mountain ranges in Africa. The Atlas Mountains, stretching from Western Sahara through Morocco and Algeria to Tunisia. The Lord said, hey, Atlas Mountain, won't you come forth, hey? <laughs> and then, of course, we, the one we know so well is the Drakensberg. And the Drakensberg have enchanted travelers for centuries with its flora and fauna. You know, on ne? not found anywhere in the world. But then the Lord looked further as he looked at the continent of Africa. How blessed our continent is. Burunda Mountains, straddling the borders between the DRC, Rwanda, and Uganda came forth. And of course, Mount Kilimanjaro, one of the most visited sites. Do you realize that? That is a, one of the most visited sites in Africa. It's Mount Kilimanjaro. Just straddling the borders of Kenya. <clears throat> Your majestic writer says, this morning, as I touch one of these mountains, he says, I balance this massive outcropping of rock in the palm of my hands according to Isaiah 40 verse 12 you can read that I balance it and the question this morning is is anything too big anything too complicated anything too formidable anything too difficult anything too tough or hard for him he's saying to us this morning if he can create Rather bring your greatest, deepest, most challenging needs to me. I can handle it. I can handle it. If he can create continents, islands, oceans, and mountains within seconds, what can he not do for you and I this morning? But then lastly this morning, as we bring God into the picture, <laughs> he turns nothing into something through the creation of the plant and vegetable kingdom. I want you to see how it builds up. Can you see? 
from the ocean right through to the mountains. And then what do we what did we have further? The continents. And now it goes further. It just builds up and builds up and gets better and better. That's the thing with Jesus. That's the thing with the Lord. It gets better and better and better. Someone once wrote a song. It's an old song. Brother Timothy might know the song. It says, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him. The sweeter he grows. It gets better. With the Lord, it gets better and better and better. Now we have the creation of the plant and vegetable kingdom. So land was made and immediately on the same third day, our mighty creator spread out all the beginnings of the plant kingdom. You will see that they are not divided up into biological categories. In verses 11 and 12, the, tr the three Hebrew phrases refer firstly to the grass that grows and spread along the ground. That is the vegetation. And then those that have grown to shoulder height, plants bearing seed. And finally, those that have grown taller than man, trees bearing fruit. Now, botanists, botanists think that there are about 250,000 species of plants and on this third day of creation you know what there was a universal clothing of the earth with vegetation grass bushes and trees of all kinds amazing eh? how God creates can you see his mind he spoke. The first word he spoke was deshe. And I'm thinking of something that my father-in-law, oh, but I'm not going to mention the word that he said, but that's the word that, you know, uh, he, he, uh, he spoke the word deshe. And all green plants that carpet and hug the earth appeared. How do you like that? Eh? It would include fungi, ferns, and plants. Plants which carpet and lie immediately on or under the surface of the earth came forth. And then he did not only mention the word deshe, he also spoke the word eseb. That's a Hebrew word, eseb. And all seed-bearing plants, such as grains, vegetables, bushes, shrubs, flowers, weeds, all plants, life between the ground-hugging plants. And the towering, towering trees came forth. <laughs> Are you still with me? You're still young. <laughs> Fruit or seed-bearing trees. This would include trees that bear cones and nuts and berries and other forms of seed. By the end of the third day, there was a mature functioning system without the necessity of years of waiting before trees blossomed and budded and bore fruit. <laughs> this verse seems to be teaching us that God made the vegetable system instantly. 
universally fully grown and fully functioning. What would take a year or longer was miraculously produced in a day. In a day. And that's how God works. eh? What you and I would and I would take years to accomplish. He does it in a day. That is why it's worth trusting him. That is why it's worth looking to him and saying, Lord, I am totally dependent upon you. Can you see what happens there? I want you to get the picture here. A day of God's power changes everything. Do you need a day? Do you need this day to be a day of God's power in your life? A day of God's power changes everything. May that happen to us today. Where we experience a day of His power in our lives. Think about this. The earth had been empty, barren, unfruitful, and colorless. But now the earth became alive. Full of all kinds of grass, shrubs, flowers, trees, and fruit. The earth was filled with color. It, made, it was made green, lush, and fruitful. God is a God of power and might and dominion this morning. And he is ready and available to step into your circumstances and my circumstances and transform it. We must give up control to the master controller here this morning. You have a choice. You can dwell on the gloomy picture of your life or you can focus on the bright things and leave the dark, ominous situations to him in your life. What are you going to do? You have a choice this morning. But you know the amazing thing on this day, and this is we're going to do communion this morning, and the amazing thing today is this. It still refers to the New Testament. The Old Testament, it's amazing. Genesis 1 just goes back to the, the Old Testament over and over again. God made the trees. Did you hear that word? And we're going to conclude soon. The trees. And one day, out of a tree, a cross was going to be fashioned. I want to repeat that. One day, out of a tree, a cross was going to be fashioned. To which this, our Savior, our Creator, was nailed. Our sins, our grief, our sorrows were laid on Him. Our judgment fell on him from one of those trees. From one of those trees. From one of those trees. You may feel like you are pressed down and you are so burdened that you cannot move any further. I want to say this to you as we close here because this is the theme of this whole sermon here. The Hebrews were oppressed by Pharaoh but this Their king still had one more move. Do you hear that? Their king still had one more move. And the Red Sea opened up. 
and there was a promised land waiting for the Israelites. It looked as if it was over for Daniel when he was thrown in the lion's den. But his king still had one more move. One more move. Jesus was tortured, crucified, dead and buried or buried. His enemy said, it's over, checkmate. Those who play chess, checkmate, it's over. No more moves, checkmate. <laughs> they were wrong because the king still had one more move. Isn't it true? One more move. God raised Christ from the tomb. Death could not keep him. This power of God that raised Christ from his tomb can do the same for us today. It can raise us out of anything. It can raise us out of any situation. It can work in us to stamp out all hindrances in our lives and all weights that we are carrying. This power is what raises us into new beginnings, into a new life in Christ. Because he is the all-powerful Savior. Last statement I want to make is, regardless of your circumstances, irrespective of your situation, our King always has one more move. Can you see how it worked out? From continents, from seas and oceans, continents. Every time our king had another move. No matter what you're going through. No matter what you are facing. Our king has one more move in your life. 